Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is a mess. Come on in. Welcome to Fly on the Wildin'. Yes, where two queens put their kingdoms together. More like one peasant and a queen. <laughs> right, Ben? Sure. You're, oh, you'll I take mean, that. Yeah, because I'm the queen. Oh, I, no, I pointed to you. Okay. I'm the queen, you're the peasant. Well, no, not, not right. Not right at all. Anyway. Well, sometimes the roles go back and forth. Sometimes no. I'm the queen, you're the peasant. Sometimes I'm the peasant, you're the queen. Le- where, where was the last time I was exhibiting some peasant behavior? <laughs> Yesterday morning. What was I doing? You were depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is people who are depressed are peasants. Yeah, they, need, they need the regency to lead them, to oh guide them. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. I'm like a benevolent dictator, though. All right. Anyway, welcome to our uh, kingdom, our our little Westeros, where we share our stories of dating, parenting, and what happens when you record it all for the world to see. Um, we are very, very honored to be joining y'all today from a different studio. I'm, I'm not even sure if we're allowed to share where we are right now, but it ain't our house. So for that, I am very grateful. Of course, I, of course we can. We got to get... Sp- Give Spotify a shout out. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, well, we should give them a shout out. We're yeah. at Spotify because we're desperately trying to get them to, uh, you know, become our new network home, which I don't think is going to happen yet. But they were like, we'll let y'all ask us use our recording stuff. And for that, I'm grateful. See, that's why I was saying that. Well, here's the thing. Tell your friends about this podcast because the more people who download it, the more we could make, you know, Spotify you know, support us more. But they're already supporting they're us. They're literally supporting great. us so much. This is great. We're Love very you, happy Spotify. to Spotify. Love you, Spotify. Um, but remember, you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all the girls. Before we kick it off, Ben, what should the people go watch? You should go watch We're Pregnant and Other Lies, a film directed by my favorite director, Amber mm. Wallen. She's a badass bitch. She's fine ass. And she's just all around wonderful person uh, and uh, comedian, uh, influencer, wonderful mother, best mom I know. She's a MILF. Uh. Okay. Thank you. Go watch We're Pregnant and Other Lives, our documentary. It is on our Patreon. So go check it out. We just always got to say that at the top of the show. Now... You want to jump right into the show this week? It was a heavy week. Yeah, we're going to talk about the dark side of influencing or something. Well, that's assuming dark is bad. Sometimes dark is beautiful, you know, like... Oh, my God. (laughs) People are going to be like, you need to blink twice, sir. Like, this woman's got you saying all kinds of stuff. But, y'all, Ben really is a sweetheart Yeah. when it comes to me. Oh, man. All right, so this week, uh, Amber did a Baby Dove um, ad for Mother's Day. It was just really cute ad talking about the trials of parenting. She did this with a, a bunch of other really wonderful mother, mommy creators. And a lot of it just shows them, you know, you know, with their kid bathing them and all that. And so uh, she was, you know, looking to see when she was going to be paid for this ad that she did. And for those who don't know, uh, influencers use ad money to pay for important things like health insurance and groceries and, you know, 
gas uh, or whatever uh, to keep the lights on, etc. So she goes to look at this, and the video was taken down. Someone had reported this video as uh, grooming and pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Like what the heck? So I, so Amber c- came to me. She's like, Dove just reached out. They said, why is this video taken down? And the the video you made, Amber, actually was on Dove's page. Yes, correct, correct. Damn. So you came to me like you know, really upset actually. Yes. Yeah. Where I thought it was just, I thought it was almost abs- You know, it was like absurdist comedy. But you were just like this. This was really hurtful. So yes, um, what was going through your head to be accused of pedophilia and grooming as you of know, your child? You know, I had a very emotional weekend, and and here's the here's the the major issues, right? I we're we're gonna have a longer conversation about like sharing the internet, sharing your kids on the internet and social media. We're gonna we're we're about to get there. We ain't there yet. But we're about to get there. What's really disappointing is that the TikTok interface really does not set the creator up for success a lot of times, you know? So we're, we're on lots of different apps, right? YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I've been on Snapchat in the past. TikTok has this system where if somebody does not like your videos, they are allowed to just report every single one, to be honest with you. Mm. Like, if you don't like a creator, whether you follow them or not, you can report for... So, so I have had a couple of violations for, you know, uh, she said, bitch in a video, this is obscene. She's, she's done this, she's done that, but it, it really distracted me. And it was super discouraging that someone saw a video of my kid, like in bath bubbles and said that I was grooming them. Yeah. That, that was just kind of like, only a pedophile would see that video that you made and think, that had to do with grooming. Like literally yes. you're like playing bubbles and you're like dumping water and you're talking about your struggles as being a mommy. Like that's yes. just a- absurd. And so I think what we both discovered is that you, and you've talked about this before with me, Amber, mm-hmm. is that sometimes cre- like um, consumers will find a creator that they disagree with right. politically and then they'll just go and report all their videos. Correct. Because and they, they don't are, agree with them. Which huh. is fine, but TikTok allows the user to let them yeah. do that and and for the user for the creator that has very real so, consequences. So it just So TikTok is a program that is user moderated, which right. which is a right. I, which you we're discovering is not only problematic as far yes. as like free speech concerns, but it's sort of fucking your, with your bag, as as the kids say <laughs> it today. It is, and it's just kind of, you know, I, I'm kind of in a place right now where Ben and I were having this existential crisis about like, okay, at what point do we just stop showing our child on the internet? Because yeah. if if this is potentially going to be something that is going to get my content like banned and I, I will admit that we could be a little bit more mindful because to me like you know she's walking around in a pamper like who cares but somebody else sees that and says like look at this mother grooming her child I'm kind of like what is wrong with y'all motherfuckers <laughs> what's wrong yeah, with y'all so I've, I've the whole weekend I've I haven't really I'm gonna go meta a little bit this whole weekend I've been at a point of like trying to affirm your anger and frustration while at the same time like trying to 
downplay your reason right. for being because what what I mean by that is like your anger and um, outrage for this accusation is all very real. But part of me wants to be like, of course, like someone's gonna target you. You're a right. black successful woman who is a little bit more outgoing. Uh, who sort of taught, we have sort of an egalitarian relationship um, uh, where we both have sort of uh, inverted gender roles at at points where I do most of the cooking, you're the primary breadwinner, and that's going to bother a lot of people, you know? And uh, so, of course, in my mind, someone's going to accuse you of pedophilia. It's sort of like uh, the Godwin's Law, I know, but it's, so it, and and even when I yeah. caught my sister crying, of course, I was like, not only has somebody accused me of this, it is actually starting to have real consequences on my life. Yeah, I guess the money. So part like sucks, that, so. yeah, like we like everybody loves to say like it's just the internet. You know, this this is our segment where we talk about the internet and talk about being hashtag influenced. It's just the internet. Why are people taking it so serious? It's like things that people say, like I love the conversation with Chica last week, or some comments even Azalea Banks made this week on DC Young Fly. Like things that people say on the internet have very real uh, consequences and and could really cause harm to people's lives from cyberbullying to like revenge porn like crimes on the internet is are kind of unregulated at times and Accu- sorry accusations cri- accusations uh, yeah. are unregulated yeah. and it's and it is a tiktok issue because you know i only have a certain amount of followers like what if you really have 25 million followers and you know you show a video of you holding your kid and that kid doesn't have a shirt on. This is a, a baby. And somebody's just like, boo, like report you. this mom. Yeah. So it's it's really upsetting. And what I'm going to do now, well, I mean, you know how I feel right now, Ben. I'm kind of at the point like TikTok streets I'm not, are not going to see my child again. Yeah, I like- can elude her because we had we had a show before she got here. Like I love her obviously, and yeah. I love sharing my very – authentic journey of motherhood with people but we don't have to show the her. funniest part about you amber is not wild i hope not yeah it's that's really pretty not but i, I want to talk i mean the thing is i think your anger is completely justified thank you because you try it, to you try to talk I, me down sometimes yeah, i'm yeah. like ben no like i, they, I they, didn't i didn't I, talk you down i was trying to i was trying to like i think you were upset that someone accused you of grooming and pedophilia. I'm like, oh, those people are psychos. Or I shouldn't say psycho, but those people are um, race. I'm going to call them racist. I think that they themselves have pedophilic tendencies or maybe they have undealt with trauma. Maybe they uh, disagree with the fact that someone should have their kid on the internet without their consent, right? So there's all these issues that they might be projecting onto you. But I think the reason that I got really upset was the fact that, you know, Right now, TikTok is uh, our primary form of income, right? It's what Mm -hmm. we use to continue to be funny. It's what we use to create to create for you for your next project. It's what you're using to buy the computer to write your next project on. Right now, even my auntie was like, "What you crying for?" Like, don't she was like, "If it ain't messing up your money, like, Uh, save your tears." I was like, "It's messing messing up up my." It is messing she up. She was my like, mind. "Oh, oh, I'm sorry." Yeah, that's that's the real that's the real anger, and I, I think it's also just the fact of being a mom 
and being accused of pedophilia, like even from a homeless person on the street who's like the, or just someone, an unhoused person on the street who society is like, you know, why would anybody listen to them? Anybody, like if that person accused you of pedophilia, it would still hurt. Like even a complete stranger, the lowest of the low of our society. And um, pe- even my sister, I was talking to my sister, and she was kind sorry, of Sorry, I like, need to clarify. I don't mean that unhoused people are the lowest of the low of society. I'm just saying just strangers in general. Like, I got you. Yeah, sorry. That's how it came out, though. It did come out that way. You said it like that. Even if a Republican right. accused you of... <laughs> <laughs> good save, good save. No, my sister was like, Amber, people... She was just having this moment with me. She's like, as you gain popularity people are going to try to just say things to fuck with you. She was like, there was a time where, you know, we not, I know I'm not Beyonce, but I was talking to my friend the other day and she was saying like, if you go to some of Beyonce's earliest videos, all you see is like, she's so fat. Like why is she even doing this? Like this thing isn't even that good. And look where she is now. And then my sister was like, Amber, there were like full weeks where blue Ivy's hair was trending on Twitter because people are like making fun of it. People feel like they have the rights to your family and your, uh, your husband and your content just based on because you shared that with them, but it did. I well, mean, I, I give some people the rights to me, you know. Like, yes, but so like, I, I think I, there's this like fine line, right. right? And I think it's this is the first time where I feel like my like mothering and ethics as a person, as it pertains to wild, has been like slapped right in my face. Whereas obviously, I've heard like she's a bully wife. I've heard this isn't even funny. I've heard I hate interracial couples. I've heard all that, and I don't care about all that. I've heard, like, I hate And we the don't way- disagree with any of that. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> of course. I hate them, too. I, I I hate her outfits. I hate, like, the way she talks. She's country as hell. I can deal with all of that. You got that before? That you're, yeah, you're country- oh, my gosh. Really? I, I'm not. I'm not ben. in the comment sen- section like that. Of course, Ben. But to, to, for somebody to accuse me of um, just behaving that way with my child and like essentially like trafficking on the internet in a dove commercial a baby about our mothering journey yeah where i was required to use babies you know shampoo products so but you know what it it, if this it it actually encourages me honestly to get super super creative with how i show my family moving forward i know a lot of people are like no we don't want the content to change it's like I mean, I got to. I I do have to do some things to protect myself See, and, I, and my kiddo. I, so you're saying that the onus is on you, on the victim, to change. I disagree. I think even if you were not to show wild at all, I think eventually you would get accused of this again. I think just right. the fact, like you could do everything right. You could have showed, you know, maybe her like just the top of her in the bathroom. Yeah. I think we showed her like. Her, you know, just her chest, her belly, or something, and yeah, and I think we could have done all that right, and I think still someone would right. target you because your very existence is politicized. I know, right? and but I, and, I, and I was thinking about this today because we were watching Miss Rachel, and there is a queer person on Miss Rachel who plays guitar, right? Not political at all. Sings about like being a crab. But I know there are comments of like, right. Ra- why would Miss Rachel have a queer person on the show? Exactly. Like, just certain people's existence is just politicized and people yeah. will target you because of that. So I know you do. Amber, Amber has talked about wanting to show Wild less. But I think even with that, you're still going to get some pretty harmful, hurtful accusations moving forward. Yeah, because they're going to be like, we need to do a wellness check on the child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen her in a while. They're going to find some reason. Well, uh, but no, but in a little bit, it, it feels sometimes it's like, this is a, a larger existential question, I guess, for me and you. It's like, have we overshared? Like, 
are we getting to a point, especially as she gets older, where it's like, okay, I I do need to think twice. Like if she's running around in the background without a shirt on, like I guess I, you know, I just need to pay more attention to that stuff because it's it's so ingrained in my normal life. But, like but Pampers has commercials with babies. Running. I know, so I know, I, yeah, but they also have a team of lawyers that can yeah. get them out of shit, and we don't. Well, okay. To be fair, um, Baby Dove, we reached out to Baby Dove. Yeah, we oh, they're handling out. it. My yeah. agent is furious. Like. Yeah, this, this and, is... and there you also got another strike. So for those who don't know or not creators on TikTok, right. there are strikes that you get. So many strikes, they'll yes. ban you or they'll restrict your ability to post. I will say that the strikes last for ninety days. Yeah, so the strikes I, last for ninety. Days. I need to minimum make sure my child is not seen on TikTok for ninety days. Sure, I, that's that's three months. So. Uh, Which I can do. So you're, you, might, you might have to follow us on Instagram. Yeah, I can allude Instagram to it. Instagram is a little yeah. bit more. So, all right. So to summarize, right? Baby Dove is great. You know, Of course. Oh, so, yeah. It's not them. Yeah. Uh, second, uh, TikTok, uh, I think, gives too much moderation to, to the, the user. user. Yes. Too much uh, Bec- mo- user moderation power. Yes. It, well, it sometimes happens a little bit on Instagram as well. Do you remember that uh, it was last season of RuPaul's Drag Race? You know, I'm mm. getting into my bag. Last season of RuPaul's Drag Race, there's a queen, Mistress Isabel Brooks. Icon, uh, like plus size. She's just all about like big girl glam yeah. and, and the glow. And we never and so had she, a we never had a queen win who was plus sized, right? Correct. Right. We've had so bigger that, queens, of course, Eureka, Darian Lake, but we have not had, had one uh, who won. And I remember correct. that being a conversation. Correct. Yes, in the zeitgeist of Ru, RuPaul RuPaul or Versia. Yeah, sure. Versia. So RuPaul she got verse. into a fight with uh, another queen on the show, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Like, untucked, like, you know, a standard yeah. run-of-the-mill fight. And so many fans of Marsha, Marsha, Marsha reported Mistress Isabel Brooks's page that Ugh. she was banned. She had gotten kicked off of Instagram. Fuck and it's like, that. so what do we do? Like, how do we solve on the internet these problems with, like, review bombing and... I don't like the, this creator's top report video. Like yeah. it at, at some point or I, and we've had, I go to TikTok meetings sometimes. Go to, join parlor. <laughs> I go to TikTok meetings sometimes. For those and who don't, parlor is a app that has like zero moderation. It's used a lot by the right wing, but yeah, anyway, go, yeah, go yeah. the hell over there. Yeah. I go to TikTok's meetings sometimes. Um, because like, you know, once you are, are so involved in the creator space, they, they start having like Zoom meetings to talk about like issues and whatever. So I go to TikTok meetings sometimes and in the meeting, I suggested, I suggested to the TikTok team, I was like, hey, is there a world where let's say a, a, a user, a follower does mm-hmm. not like you? Can they only get three times to ban your content? Three times mm, to report yeah. your video? Like they have to run out of false alarm strikes. You know what I'm saying? Or because because at some point the the app should say like you seem to report this user a lot. Yeah, you should you know, block that's them. so funny. Like, so uh, talking about library stuff, uh, I got a bunch of books from the library. Where, where were we talking about I, library stuff? I'm so sorry. Yeah, so on TikTok there was a whole library oh, drama yes, yes, yes. thing that Amber and I did. You can go. Funny. Yeah, go watch. It's very funny. The L.A. Public Library took it very nicely. They saw it and they responded to it. I think they. They were okay with it. Um, we didn't, we didn't make them look the best because... Right. It was supposed to be me telling your ass to give them folks they stuff Yeah, back. but I think people were annoyed that a public library would report um, someone's, like, unreturned, you know, products or unreturned books as a, 
like to uh, a credit. Yeah, um, which is a hundred percent true, by the way. Yeah, I, they, I know. We definitely. I know it's like don't believe everything you hear on the internet, but we were reported the, to collections yeah, for to not returning. For yeah, yes. yeah, and I think it was like a month late overdue, but I guess that it was yes. assumed lost, and I didn't pay it in time. But I think, yeah, I was checking out books up until the point where we left for Paris. Anyway, so I think people were annoyed at them. Uh, and so let me, I'm getting way off topic. So I got a book from the library and it's like this whole take on the boy who cried wolf. So I think maybe there could be like a cry wolf kind of rule. Yes. Where if you cry wolf so many times as a, as a user, um, then you can no longer like, no one will come when you cry wolf. Or just, it's like, what happened to the era of just hate watching? Just hate watch. Hate watch don't report. Hate watchers and and don't report. I I definitely follow <laughs> a couple of profiles that I do not like. The like I don't really I, I won't say I don't like. I don't believe as, or subscribe to what this person believes. But this is so entertaining and it's such a train wreck that I'm just gonna watch and be like shaking my head. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like for me, that's like I love him to death, Andrew Caldwell. It's like. He's he's always on there saying insane things, or or maybe like the blue face Krishan drama, right? Like I don't believe. Uh, I, I think and, it's a and, shit show. It's a train abuse. wreck. Will I continue watching this train wreck? Uh, probably because maybe some part of me is trash too. I'll own that. But I, what I'm not going to do is comment. What I'm not going to do is report because at some point, like uh, it's like for what? And so I, I hate I hate this position on the internet that people take. They're like, but I'm just concerned. That's why I did yeah. it. But I'm just, it's like, you're not concerned. You're caught up in like how, well, so, how spicy and this tea is so, right now. You're not concerned about Wild's health and well-being. Because yeah. she lives in, you know, a fucking townhouse in LA. I'm going to open a She's can fine. of worms right now. I'm going to open a can of worms. For, oh, so no. the anger, before I mentioned Parlor, and sort of the anger you're feeling right now is what a lot of, a lot of uh, right-wing no um, users are they no, this is what they don't, feel don't this make is how me, they feel don't make me feel like but them. they feel they feel that they express a political belief right usually it's like a transphobic homophobic belief and then they get reported or they get bombed and they're like well i want to go to a website that has zero moderation right yeah so i'm, I'm not there yet yeah I, I yeah <laughs> so you're like i still want some sort of moderation well, like also- i don't yeah, so that that anger you're feeling though is like you were targeted is a lot of what these right wingers feel. They want like complete freedom yeah. to say, and that's what you know programs or uh, I guess apps like Parler is sort of feeling, right. or Truth Social, which is Trump's program, where you can go on say do whatever you stop, want. Stop doing free press for them. What I'm what I'm trying to express is I think and and you know obviously I do not have the same beliefs as like right wing conservatives yeah. but what I do share sometimes as a comedian is this fear of like Making oh I joke. made a joke and it was misunderstood oh I made a joke and like it, it used to be people were like ah, I don't think that joke is funny let me move on now people mm-hmm. are like I don't think it's funny I'm going to comment that I don't think it's funny I'm going to report you because I don't think it's funny it's like oh my gosh it was a joke about uh my child putting items in the microwave or it was a joke about Ben not paying library fees or it was a joke about... Well, you know, microwave gives off these fumes that can cause brain cancer. So that's your negligent mom. Yes, yes. Right there. Whatever. That's kind of just like, I I know everybody's like, we don't want to hear about it. You probably 
are doing perfectly fine. But that was just something that got me down this week, and I just needed to air a little bit of my yeah. frustration about being a creator on the internet. There, it, it has that's so many, part of the dark side of influencing. It is. Right it ha- there. And it has so many pros, and I love being able to, like, I, I just had a moment where I was literally just so emotionally broken down this weekend, and I was just like, this really started because I was trying to make some motherfuckers laugh. Like, <laughs> How do we get here? I, I really just, my my only goal in life is wanting to make people like laugh and carry on and feel like my cousin. How this week in the world was I accused of being a pedophile? Well, let's let's actually, let's go to our next section. Yeah. We spent a lot of time with. We did. And we, the next section is imperfect parent. But it, t- today we're going <laughs> to, we're going to boost <laughs> you up a little Horrible bit. We're going to call you perfect parent. No, So this is don't. how Amber has been a perfect parent. So yesterday... Amber was feeling really down. <laughs> like we're walking. I thought, I thought we said we go skip to the next. Yeah. So Amber's we feeling up. really down about this whole situation. Yeah. Uh, at one point, I'm like reading in bed, and oh no, I was like editing a video or something, doing some social media work, and she comes up. She's like, "Let's go on a walk right now." I was like, "Can you calm down?" She's like, "We're never gonna get out of the house if we don't leave." So she's really upset, and I think I, I was rude to her in response. So eventually, we get out of the house. We go on a walk. And Amber just at one point, we're like halfway through the walk, and she's like, I just need to sit down. So she sits down, and across the distance, she sees a sign. <laughs> she sees a sign. When I, when I was broken to my core, I looked she up and a, saw a sign for, she said, for kimchi dumplings. dumplings. <laughs> and I said, and so oh, this, what a mighty God. What a mighty God We go, and the thing is about you being a perfect parent is that we really try to introduce Wild to as much different food as possible. You That's like how true. I did, you liked how I spin that. So we go <laughs> and we meet this uh, really chill person, Sawyer, uh, and uh, she's making these like great dumplings. We get five of them, we eat them. Uh, Wild's like chomping them down as well. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so good. So we turn around, we order like go five more. Uh, we get more. 10, ten more, more and we eat them more. <laughs> and then Amber's in a great mood and Wild's got like <laughs> kimchi like all over her. And uh, I just love the fact that we're introducing Wild to so many different foods. And we just yeah. really vibed with this person. And it turns out she was her and her husband, her husband like is in Georgia now for like work. So she's trying to like sell, uh, you know, all this stuff. She had uh I think a, a yard sale, and she was selling Kim, uh, dumplings so that she could go home, go, go meet with, with her, her husband, husband yes. and sort of go on a vacation with him. And she, we we were just really vibing with her. And then she was like, "I love you guys so much." So was, then she brought out like these uh, pocket these pockets, a little pokey sticks, pokey sticks. Yeah. And so Wild tried those for the first time, and so she's getting like kimchi dumplings and with, pure sugar and pure sugar, and just having an all around amazing uh, time. So I, I think it was like a very wonderful uh, experience for you to be down and then brought back to life by the goodness of uh, kimchi, kimchi dumplings. dumplings, and then also having Wild experience that. So yes, good for you, Mama. Thank you. I um speaking of int- so this is this is where okay, if you want to help us out with another fun debate this week. Here here's the tea. Ben has been showing why. Okay, let me back up. I asked Ben this year what he wanted for Father's Day. And he replied, Ben Ben always wants something I really can't deliver at this time. You know, most people want like a new skateboard, a guitar, a tie. Ben was like, I want the entire family to sign up for a family Spanish class. I said, Ben, 
Well, Wild is one. I'm busy. If you would like, I would, because I think you came back from France so excited to like was, learn a new language and learn a new well, culture. Well, because all these kids speak two languages, right? They do. Some, a lot of them, uh, they speak like Arabic, French, and English. Some, but not... But not one-year-old kids, Ben. They're learning at that they're, that age. No, they're not, Ben. They they're are. learning at around six or seven. No. And I and I promise you, I talked to kids in France. Uh, I talked to adults in France, and I was asking, like, when was English starting to be introduced to you? And they were like, six, seven, eight. And then from then on, they were actively practicing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do not believe in my heart of hearts that a one-year-old can speak English and spend a one-year-old. They should be introduced think, to both at the same time. So, well, here's okay. So I let me let me go to the next point. So this week, all this week, Ben has been playing essentially like the Spanish version of Miss Rachel, which I think her name is Miss Nina. Miss Nina. Yeah. Um, I, I want to plug this woman because I like everybody should She's listen great. to it. it's M I S S space and then N E N N A. Yeah. Okay. So I am not before I before a, a new rumor meal hits the block about Amber being like anti-Latina. I am not just anti-Spanish. Anti-Spanish, anti-Hispanic. Um, I, I of course want Wild to learn more than one language. Good. I have a problem sometimes with parents who <laughs> I'm pointed to Ben. I have a problem with parents who don't speak who who kind of want more who For their require child? more who require more of their child than what they can currently do. So I'm not requiring I, anything from her. I'm ben, just introducing you, her to you can, the language of Spanish earlier on than I was. Correct. I can read Spanish. I watch a lot of things with Spanish subtitles. You can read it, Ben. I can read it pretty well. I, well, okay, maybe you can read the words, but can you comprehend? Do you have uh, reading my comprehension? comprehension is is varies depending on the book that I'm reading, but I'm getting there. I'm practicing. Here's the thing. I'm not opposed to, as Wild gets older, getting her a Spanish tutor. I'm not opposed to that. Okay. But I think it's hard to teach Wild Spanish and then we don't speak it. Like, how is she going to retain the language? Kids are like sponges, Amber. The earlier you introduce a language to a child, the easier it is for them to pick up, right? This has been shown and proven by hard data, um, a revolving language acquisition. But so, you don't think that practicing the language helps also? Be- it does. I'll, I'll give you it an does. example. It, I studied Japanese in college. Yeah. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you except for like, what did study Arigato like? gozaimasu. What did it, studying it went look to like going you? to school. It yeah. went to going to class. It, it went to, uh, it looked like studying the pamphlets, the workbooks, mm. and then also having a Japanese teacher all three years that spoke fluent Japanese actively practicing, actively doing that. And then the minute I was out of that space, because I didn't have somebody to practice with, it it just didn't stick with me. Right. But does that mean that you shouldn't still have taken that class? No, I just think I was also 21. I was Mm. like, I was 19, 20, 21 during that time. So maybe if you learned earlier, like when you were one and started taking Japanese earlier, it might've been easier for you to retain it. Sound off, y'all. You're not going to win this conversation. Do you just think that our one-year-old can actively learn Spanish and English and speak that fluently at age one when we cannot help her retain the Spanish? Um, that is I'm, my question to the streets. Ben seems to think this the solution to teaching wild Spanish is just going all Spanish with the videos. Which not I, all I, Spanish. I'm, I'm cool with some of the Spanish videos and then some of the English ones yeah. and whatever. But I just think... 
I think we should pick an age to be like, okay, at this age, like she's five now. Maybe we can sign her up for a French class or something like that. No, no, you. For me, you're gonna start them early. You go, you go little by little by little, right? I I say, oh, but you're not going little by little. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll do there. Mano. But man, you can't get okay. Okay, for example, Ben has been watching uh, shows in Spanish subtitles at our house for like obviously since we've been dating. So which is about you know eight years. Give me, give me, tell me something about this room right now in Spanish. Uh, la computadora. Um, I say, I, uh, give me a sentence, not tu, a word. Tu es fastidioso. You are what? Annoying. <laughs> you know. Fastidioso means annoying. I pulled that Does off the. T- I pulled that off the top of my head. I no, I you know, did not. I, yes, fast. You practiced that the whole I did ride not. here. Did I- you? <laughs> If you okay, I say all that to say we need more Spanish friends in our life, right? They we don't need, have to be to, from Spain. No, no, of course not. But you we said Spanish or, friends. They have maybe Spanish speaking friends. friends. I apologize. We uh, we we need more Spanish speaking friends in our life. So that way, if you're working on Spanish and then she you want her to learn Spanish, she's got to be practicing with somebody. So by the way, I also got three books from the library that are in Spanish, and they are easier enough for I can understand what I'm reading. That's like, great. Like, you know, yo quiero un perro. Like, I want a dog. Like, I yes. can, I know enough of this. I studied it. I've, I've you read studied book. it. When? I studied Spanish. Uh, I studied Spanish in, in high school. Uh, Don't you dare say that. And, 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 ma- and your But your mama taught it to you. It was, know? Uh, no, the Rosetta Stone. The program, the Rosetta Stone, which is okay. uh, the program's sort of the format of it is a lot how like dual lingo teaches it and how Babbel teaches it, which are the big online language apps. I'm that not saying I don't want her to learn it. Now. I just think one is a little early. No, it's not. Okay. I'm going to give you data to prove it. There's never, it's for those listeners who have kids or even, you know, uh, nieces nephews uh what's like the gender neutral term for a niece nephew there is cousins little little baby cousins cousins. let Uh, us know what you think is one year old too early to to make our child bilingual even though we at our big 30 ages are not bilingual we're gonna get there that's why we're gonna move to a spanish-speaking country for about two years and we're both gonna leave fluent I, so I wouldn't hate I would not hate moving to a Spanish speaking country for a year. I'll give right. you that much. Uh do's and do, let's like move into the next part. Do's and don'ts of marriage. Of marriage. This is the part of the show where we read letters from you listeners or DMs from you listeners uh about your relationship woes. Uh or you know, or relationship grows or whatever you want to write about um regarding your relationships. Yes, I want to preface by saying, even though Ben and I are married and somewhat happily married, uh, we're we, very we would, happily married. <laughs> we're I'm, very I happily. love being married to you. It's good ass. Give me your head. Give me give, play footsie with me on the table. Anyway, uh, no, stop. That makes me have to pee. Okay, <laughs> I I want to encourage you out there to write in, even if you're just uh, just if you're single, if you're just starting to date, if you've been married for many years. We want to hear from all kinds of people, and we got two great letters this week. So let's hop right into the streets 
I'm never, I'm probably never going to say y'all's name. I just want to let y'all know out there. So this letter is from who I like to call the artist. Okay. Dear Amber and Ben, I would like some advice on balancing work and life with your partner. I'm in a two-year relationship with the love of my life. We met in the pandemic and she's everything I could want in a partner. I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her very early on and we're definitely going to get married and have some foreign babies. We both work full-time and remote, but more recently, my artwork has been taking off. All I've wanted to do is, for as long as I can remember is be a full-time artist. And for the first time in my life, I can see that path forward. My girlfriend is understandably less than pleased that I'm home so late or I, that I spend a lot of time at the studio, but she's incredibly understanding. My question is, you and Ben obviously have made a lot of sacrifices and have supported each other immensely to get your creative career popping. What are some ways you would suggest to show your appreciation for your partner, even though you know it's a bit of a grind for them? Mm. What worked for y'all? Please help. So I'm I'm the artist in this scenario. Mm, yeah. And so I guess like... A big question for you, especially early on, was what are some of those ways, you know, when I was just up late editing or trying to record you and you didn't want to be recorded, um, that what would have helped? So, first of all, congratulations for to this person who yes. gets to do what they love yes. like, and that their artwork is taken off. Um, yeah, this this is a tricky situation, right? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like both of you are working full time. And so, in Amber and I's situation, when Amber sort of like, TikTok, Instagram, comedy career uh, started to take off. Um, she and I was working full time. She sort of invited me into sort of making some of that. Um, and so I know this person. Uh, I know you mentioned in the letter. Um, I don't think you read this part, but I know she was like sending, or this person was sending videos to their girlfriend of like their artwork and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think inviting them into the art making process was sort of a huge way of me not feeling isolated from your like comedy successes. And you, once you invited me in to like, you know, help you edit, then I felt more invested and in letting you like go off and do the things that you needed to do as far as like hosting and like spending lots of times editing. Um, I guess like having that shared goal, right? I think the fact that me and you both have a shared goal within your comedy career is super helpful. The other thing, though, is that I also have a, a goal of, like, writing stories and um, going into academia. And so what I do now is I tell Amber, like, I'm going to go write. Like, please don't interrupt me. And sometimes you get annoyed by that, but I just have to, like... You're like, bitch, I've been doing this for you I've for years. I've been doing this. Like, I need... I Like, I, yeah. if I don't write for 30, 40 minutes or I need to go read, like, I need to read a lot, like... Uh, for me to write, I need to read a lot, especially as far as the things that I'm researching now. Um, I'm writing about things that I know a little bit about, but I want to know more about. And so I've been uh, doing a lot of research. A lot of it has to do with like mediums and seances and different kinds of possession that occurs. Yeah, my occurs. cousins fully think you're a witch. Yeah, every yeah. Time they come to our house, they're yeah, like, so I have like these, these witchcraft books, books yeah. that I've been reading about. Um, I've been reading a lot of like going back to the Bible and reading what the Bible says about witchcraft and combining all of that to write um, this uh, novel that I've been working on. I meant it for it to be a novella, which is 40,000 words, but I'm like 30,000 words in, and I probably got about another 30,000 more to go to finish the book. So uh, I've had to been like very forceful and be like, dude, like 
this is not permanent. I'm going to write this book. I'll take a break. And and um, and then also I send you some of the chapters I've been working on. And yes, you'll give me, that helps. You'll give me feedback. So. It does help. Well, I I think I really didn't know what I was going to say to this listener who I love. You know who you are, um, Chicago all day. I really didn't know what I was going to say because I relate so hard to the artist. And sometimes, you know, when, when a passion project consumes you, it's super hard to have to then like tell a person like, Oh, I just need like three more hours on this thing. So you saying you being invited into that creative process is really beautiful. And I'm, I'm super grateful that I, I don't bug you with that. And I think sometimes, like I've said in the past, like you've you've almost gotten better at editing things down than I yeah. have. Like you'll hear me edit something, you're like, "Damn, that's too long." But that's also a luxury because this person's situation is that they both have separate careers and they both right. work remotely, so this yeah. their partner can't go to the studio and work, right. you know, in or yes. yeah. I and don't know. and I think y'all should maybe. keep it. I think there's a way to keep it separate, but also share parts of it with each other. Like I don't. Like, I might give Ben an idea about his writing, but ultimately, like, it's the onus is on you to put the words on the page. And I think that it is important, though, as an artist sometimes to honor some of your commitments or or the time that you take. Like, have your day, have your hours to devote to your art, but you got to get you got to get, you know, wifey on the calendar, like future wifey in this case, on the calendar with with certain activities that y'all are going to be doing together. It's just so hard when you're an artist or a comedian. Like my suggestion for anybody who's single, like just don't date an artist. Don't marry a comedian. Like just <laughs> well, I, it's just hard because they have to work or even a writer, don't don't marry a writer because oh everything becomes content for a writer, for an artist, for a comedian, right? Yes, so they they're, inspiration they're working content, yes. 24/7 even when I was dreaming last night i was dreaming about serial killers which i was i've been thinking about you know killing n- well serial, wait serial wait killers. run it back run it back uh, this, but i'm just saying like video writer- gets reported. <laughs> i've been thinking about killing killing killing, killing. <laughs> uh yeah but that's that I've been, sound bite. i was reading about a serial killer in a great you know book that we'll, we'll talk about in shelfie the next section of our podcast. But in, I'm saying for these kinds of people, for creatives, they're just constantly thinking about this stuff. It's really, we're, yes. we're very difficult to be with. Yes. It is. <laughs> oh, oh, you're the, you're the, artist. I'm the creative. Oh, we're oh, both, got it. we're both hard to be with because we both want something that is so personally for us. Yeah. And so you have to be uh, aware of inviting them in, you know? Yes. But we also do a job of getting some things on the calendar that we're yeah. like, we're not going to record great. this. Yeah. We, we will not record this. This is a day that I, like, we went to the museum this past weekend, which I'm going to talk about later as well. Like, I mean, I didn't record it, but I'll talk about it a little bit. But it's like, today is a day for you and me. You're not content. You're not, you know, editing. Like, we're just going to be our, our regular, regular, like, unproductive selves a little bit. And I'm going to binge a documentary about some crazy stuff for a minute. So I think it's hard because sometimes an artist doesn't have set hours of... Like when they feel inspired to, they create do have when set hours twenty four seven. Like that's I know. it. You I know? know, but th- but I would I would just say to the artists in this scenario, 
give give your person, your partner, like a range of time. Like, hey, I'm going to be mm-hmm. at the studio. I'm going to be home late, but I'm not walking in that door after midnight or some yeah, some some sort of just, barrier because it, it has tricky. to. Especially when you're an artist because your work is commissioned. So you might get a bunch of commissions and you might because, you know, Work com- comes and goes when you're an artist. Work comes and goes as you're a creator, right? You might get a bunch of ads, right. but then you might not have a you might have a month of doing zero ads. Zero, right? So, you yes. know, we had a month of doing zero ads, and then you got like six of them, and you couldn't say no to any of them because we needed those funds. Yeah, because you don't know about next. Yeah, next you don't month know about the next draw. month, so you yeah. have to like say, almost say yes to everything. And sometimes Amber has said no to things that I felt like she shouldn't have, but she just didn't have the energy at that point. So yeah. I was like, we're literally not going to be in the country to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You so gotta, but I was like, like, you know, we gotta we gotta move. You gotta move. And so I think that's really tricky um for for an artist in this situation. But maybe that could be a good thing where like once work slows down for you as the artist, sort of intentionally spend that time when the work is slow with your partner. Yes. Like make up the time that was lost because you your work picked up because artists, you know, artists and creatives, it the work sort of goes, uh, you know, it goes up and down. I love that. So some big do's, if we're talking about the do's and don'ts of the segment was like, like bringing, communicating with your partner, some clear boundaries and like some clear start and stop times mm-hmm. sharing some of that, not, not the workload with your partner, but like asking them their thoughts about how they feel about it. And mm-hmm. also, especially if you're an artist doing like the physical painting of the art, I personally would like some sort of like uh, some sort of idea of what this becomes later. Like, is this going to become an exhibit? Like how, and I know you hate questions like that, but I like that. I like, you're like, this is a chapter in a larger story Mm -hmm. because I know in, in video editing and content, it could be like, okay, you're making this funny video. You told me you need this time, but like, what is this contributing to a larger story or is this just a one-off? Because if it's just a one-off, you can come watch Succession with me, Amber. Yeah. You know, sometimes, like, you've definitely been like, put your phone down. Like, this this video isn't that. <laughs> You'll be like, Ben, don't, we're talking about don'ts, don't do this. It's not that funny. Put your phone down. I'm like, now, wait a minute. First off, it's funny because I made it. How about, how about that? Wasp, whore. But yeah, I say... Um, and you then know. make up the time. Make up that yeah, time. Yeah. So if you're working, boo. it sounds like you're working late now. But once work slows down, make up the time. Be and intentional. And let your partner know that you're going to make up the time. Yep. Literally put those dates on the calendar, like with planned dates, because it's really hard to be mad at your partner when they're like, "But I have this festival coming up that I bought us tickets to." Like it's like, oh, you do care. Yeah. Yep. Ask yourself when the last time you plan a date. Plan a date and keep creating. Don't you dare stop creating. Um, letter number two. We ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Amber and Ben. We've been married for eight years. Together for 11. We're originally from Chicago, but moved abroad together for the past five years. Trust is high. We know each other well. We're best friends. I cannot imagine being in... I cannot imagine not being in each other's lives. Post-pandemic, and uh, we're in our mid-30s, me, and 40 this year, him, Before we both were together, we dated other people. I lived in a solo poly polygamous lifestyle. So I guess like polyamorous lifestyle. Um, I did not have the language for that at that time. I enjoyed having different experiences, but also being allowed, air quote, to act on feelings and energies. So that was the past. Fast forward back to the person she's with now. 
We've been monogamous the entire relationship, but our libidos have changed. I find myself wanting to perhaps experience, have an experience with a woman and other types of experiences with me more leading toward a kink that are my fantasies alone as opposed to their partners. We have a physical relationship, but the frequency and the exploration is only wanted from my side. Bringing up the discussion to start, it was okay. He was open and receptive to talk about it, but I felt resistance based on his, on insecurity that our bond and marriage would suffer. He needed to know I see him in my future. So she's feeling it. He's like, "Eh, I don't know about this. Basically, all things considered, I don't know if I believe in monogamy forever. And perhaps I never have. But I wanted to be with this person who I love, along with all the society ideas around monogamy and patriarchy and ownership and sexuality. Thoughts on moving forward towards uh, polyamory in this relationship? So this person, did was I clear about that? I'm sorry. I know I was jumping around. Uh, Yeah, you did well. So this person wants to know, how do you start a polyamorous relationship with someone who doesn't really want one? So I think, you know, you did the first part, which was talk about it. Right. Right. And a lot of, a lot of these things that you decide to do, if it's against a societal norm, you got to talk about it maybe like 30, 40 times, you know, as my, um, you know, we're, we're trying to teach wild. I know I'm going to make this. Wait, where I am. Yeah. Wait, 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 where are you going We're trying to teach wild, like (laughs) to like, eat different kinds of food. And sometimes I've learned that it takes like 40 introductions to a certain kind of food for anybody to like it. You know, so like wild might not like a spinach or a certain kind of vegetable. It might take 40 times. So in this situation, I would recommend like keep up bringing up that conversation. If you're like, if your libido is like, absolutely not, I need to like start having sex with other people right this second. Um, and your partner's not cool with that, then now you have an ethical dilemma. You can either go and do it without your partner's consent and deal with the consequences of that, or you can just keep on talking with your partner and sort of get, you know, go ahead. There's so many resources on polyamory right now. Right. Get them books about it. You know, talk about it. Read Dean Spades for Lovers and Fighters. It's a great article about polyamory. But I think it's, uh, <clears throat> sorry, something caught in my throat. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the first, you did the first part, talk about it, but these things you can't just have one conversation about. Yeah. Right. I just want to start by saying like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are like, but y'all are married. How could y'all? I was like, your marriage is yours. Yeah. You and that person or those people, your relationship is yours. So I think I would ask my person about specifically what makes them uncomfortable about, about this Yeah, is what makes it is what makes you uncomfortable about this seeing me with somebody else or is what makes you uncomfortable is like, well, what will we tell our families? Well, what will we tell our yeah. kids? Because I think those are two different conversations. Also sure. polyamory has, is a wide range, right? Right. So there, um, we were talking to someone, we we're at a bar in Chicago. We we're talking with, uh, a writer friend of ours and we're just who who's in a um they are part of like a polyamorous relationship with a a married couple polycule yeah polycule and there's like they were explaining there's ethical non-monogamy and then there's polyamory and then there's like open relationships and so 
there's so many different yeah, things, right? Very so, different. Like an open relationship means that you might be able to have sex with other people, right? And then it looks different. So, like, what does that sex? Then you talk about the specifics of that sex, right? Uh, and then, like, what kind of sex is appropriate? Like, some people are, you know. Um, okay with different kinds of sex and then there's polyamory where people like i would i'm married but i'm also i would also like to have you know a partner who i see regularly right right? and so that you might have a boyfriend or girlfriend outside of that and then there's someone who's like um you know i'm not okay with any of that but we can watch porn together right and that could be like seen as almost like uh it's levels to the shit there's like levels to this and someone's like no you shouldn't ever masturbate or think about anybody else besides me and then that's a very like closed monogamous so there's like levels of monogamy and then there's levels of polyamory yeah and so you just you can talk about like Okay, maybe you're not okay with this or that, but maybe we're you're okay with this. So yeah, because this and these conversations said, just don't happen once. Yeah, go. I'm sorry, um, because in this letter you said he was resistant because he's questioning like how that would affect your bond and how the marriage would suffer. And I think you should sort of almost ask him like, what do you mean by that? Because yeah. I I'm talking specifically like we're human beings, we're sexual. I'm talking specifically about like maybe having this experience with this woman, but you are my person. You are my yeah. partner. You've been together eight years. Y'all even we've, we've lived, been together 11, a, 11, 11 and total. you moved abroad together. Yes. Like, so I mean, almost like reassuring him that like our bond is going nowhere. Yeah. Like I want, I want to be very, you, and you said at the top of the letter as well, like trust is high. We know each other. Well, we are best yeah. friends. I cannot imagine not being in each other's lives. I just want to make sure that you've shared that with him. You know, it's such a thing though. Like Amber, <laughs> Um, not to go back to Amber's interest, but recently, like Amber watched, um, uh, what was it like the the Lies of Hill song or something? What what was it? Right. <laughs> so Amber watched. So it's on Hulu, yes. and it's about Hill song, which they're very well known for writing this very uh, emotional Christian worship music. Yeah, and they they're had like a mega church. The yeah. mega church. They had a pastor who fell from grace because he cheated on his wife. Um, I, did he have sex with the? person not that that they shared in the documentary yeah, they were saying like he just called her he, and, like, I th- about I, and i remember reading about that anyway so that that destroyed their relationship just the fact that he was talking with someone um and so i think like <laughs> there's this whole idea of just even um in our society of like monogamy and like being close to the point that a pastor who was just talking with someone out of his out of his marriage um, was seen as unethical and cost him his job and cost him his career and destroyed right. everything. Right? And because I think America is very is very yeah. we're still suffering from like um, the Christian restrictive um, idea of like sexuality as being uh, owned purely within a monogamous relationship. Right. We're still caught up on that. Yeah, and so well, when just, you even yeah. present ideas like this to people, it makes them very uneasy because they assume that having sex with other people will destroy a relationship. But or they yeah, or they go like zero to a hundred. They're like, yeah. well, what happens if you get another yeah, bitch yeah. pregnant, and then if she gets pregnant, and then STDs, and you're like. Actually, we can talk about ways that like penetration never happens and yeah. we're still both comfortable or actually there's testing or like these all yes. these other things but I think the that it's so taboo. It is. And I just think, I mean, you wrote this letter because you know like we're the right people to 
ask about stuff like this because we do have very like fluid ideas of a lot of different things that we do from gender roles to like how to parent and how to marriage. And I just think that you, you decided to like connect with this person and have a bond with this person. So y'all need to write the rules for yourselves and you don't have to be like, well, what am I going to tell big mama? If I'm just letting you fuck other bitches, it's like, you don't have to tell big mama. (laughs) Like you you don't actually have to to know. (laughs) Big mama. That needs to be like the tagline coming up. Like, literally, can we just name the episode Big Mama Doesn't Have to Know? Big Mama Doesn't Have to Know. Big Mama Doesn't Have to Know. Like, I didn't grow up hearing, like, intimate details of my grandparents' marriage or even my parents' marriage. Like, it's like, whatever. And it might make people cringe and be like, oh, well, what would the kids think? And I, you know, did you see this week? Yes, I should have put this in the internet segment. And I'm probably going to say something wrong about this, but I I apologize. (laughs) Did you see this week? So Piers Morgan interviewed this... uh, creator who was a OnlyFans, you know, she does like porn on the internet yeah. and she became a Christian. No, no. Oh no, she didn't. Okay. No, um he was just interviewing her on his show and he was like, you know, she's a woman. She's she's a woman. She's not in a relationship to my knowledge. She doesn't Here's have Here's Morgan like the the yes. British right winger. Right, right, right. Who who like, you know, went after uh the uh who is it? Meg- Meghan Markle. Yes, Meghan Markle. Yes. Okay, that's so Piers Morgan. Okay. Piers Morgan interviews this OnlyFans model concerned about her career. Because I think she used to be like a lawyer or something, and then she became... Oh, uh, okay. So she, she switched yes. it up. Yes. Let me get it right. Yeah. L. Brooks. Oh, oh, yes. So he was basically just kept going. He was like, I'm curious about you being someone who embarked on a law career, who's obviously very bright, went to university yeah. and packed it in just for money to be effectively an online stripper. I mean, that's what you do, right? Like, he's just, you know, yeah, I'm like, so. you could have been a lawyer. You could have been a whatever. Well, what happens if you have kids? And she responded to the kids question. They can cry in a Ferrari. And obviously, like, that's been the sound. <laughs> they can cry in her Ferrari, yeah. She's like, she's like well, what if you had a son? Yeah. What if you had a son, and then you, you this, your son goes to school, and his friends are bullying him because you're a sex worker? They can cry in a Ferrari, is what she says. <laughs> that's a great response. And, you know, the, it, it, I mean, the yeah. internet fucking broke that yeah. week. It was like, damn, that bitch they told you. They can cry in her Ferrari. So it's kind of sometimes this conversation about, like, do you actually think what I'm doing is wrong? Because like you're, you're barking at me when you know the majority of my consumers are men like you. You probably actually follow the OnlyFans. Yeah. So are you actually that's how you met- heard of me. That's why I'm on the show. That's why. How, like, how did I get on your show today? Because uh, you follow. You, yeah. you, you're you're actually the one putting money in my pocket. But there's some big like, well, you're a woman, so you're obviously you're gonna one day be a mother. And when you become a mother, what about your, you know imaginary son that you have that's going to then one day go to school and get bullied about your career yeah. and it's like what are all of these like also, stanchions you've created also lawyers do unethical things oh right? are you kidding so i know it's just it's just are you it's weird how we associate certain jobs as being more ethical than others where like only fans well first of all they're they're only for fans so the fans <laughs> pay them directly uh, and so they don't have to. They don't have to advertise companies that may be unethical. So I think there are certain OnlyFans who are more ethical than influencer who are pushing unethical brands. Right. But we don't have to talk about that. And I'm not trying to glamorize like, well, that's easy for her. Like other sex workers have it really hard, mm-hmm. you know, with the Ferrari yeah. comment. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying sometimes it's like, are you actually uncomfortable with what I do, or are you creating all of these like? what if what if what if yeah. scenarios about so like- in this ki- in this person's situation you think the person is like 
you know, what if this, what if that? Like yeah, they like, go to the, if, the yeah, extreme of like, yes. what if you fall, what if you, you know, have a relationship with someone or have sex with someone who's not me and you fall in love with them and you want to be with them instead of me, right? And yes, like, yes. Well, what if, what if I don't do that and you just, and I just don't want to be with yeah, you? Yeah, like right? what if you I know? just have sex with somebody one night and it's amazing and you're there when it happens and then... Or you're not there. <laughs> or you're there or you're not there and then that's all it is. Yeah. And and like and if we're if we're locked in for life, like, does that sound that bad? Or I, I don't know. It's just like you know me, you know the person I am. We've been together in this person's case like eleven years. Like, have I given you a reason to make you yeah. think that I well, would do that? I, I think we're going. I think this person needs to understand that in our society, we put sex as like the top of like a relationship standard. Like once, you know, there are so many people, so many Christians I went to school with who um, could only have sex with the people that they married. In fact, a lot of them got married very young so that they could have sex, right? Because sex... Same old missionary style, night after night. Exactly. So that I think same old I think when you six. when you sort of try to look into becoming polyamorous, you're fighting against an entire American societal expectation that sex is like the end all be all of of a relationship. Right. Or, or we've or done that, things publicly yeah. that people are like, What? You got your man in the strip club? It's like yeah. but Ben is my person. Like we're locked in for life. Yeah. Like I don't really, you know, we our trust is high. Some bitches shaking ass in his face is yeah. Kind of a moot point. Like, yeah. Like I like I own a home with this man. I, I put up with this man's <laughs> echo shorts by the pool in 2023. I have a baby with this man. I, I got I rid of those shorts. I don't care about no bitches shaking ass. That was 2020, not 2023, the echo shorts. All right. <laughs> Hashtag uh, never we, forget. We, we got we to move on to Shelfie, what, what we're reading. Let's just... Well, yeah, I'll just say that person, your marriage is yours. Maybe just have a conversation with him one more time to say like... One more time. You might have to have it 20 more 20 times. 20 more times. 20 more times. Uh, and just... just reassure your partner over reassure them that like this is literally just about sex i'm not gonna fall in love with somebody else or get some books on polyamory i would recommend doing that like because there are people the psychologists who look into this uh theorists who talk about this um queer communities who've written a lot about this uh about sexual liberation like start start there and this conversation is going to probably be ongoing with your partner. You don't just have it once and they're like, okay, we're done. Like anything. That's true. Good luck. Good luck. And good luck to you, ma'am, with your uh, dip in the lady pond. That's what <laughs> Jason used to call it. <laughs> Jason used to call it. We used to live together. He was like, yeah, looks like somebody had a dip in the lady pond this weekend. I was like, mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on to Shelfie. This is our last segment where we talk about what we're reading, what we're watching. You start. Yeah, so I am reading Don't Fear the Reaper, which is a sequel to My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. The most badass title I've ever, ever heard. He like came up with the title just like out bike riding someday. I don't have a bike, so I can't really get badass titles, Got unfortunately. It. So no, so here's the thing about this book. This book is so terrifying. I, was re- I started it last night. Um, I think I bought it. We were in Georgia. Uh, at your local bookstore. I remember, I remember. It was That's recommended to love. me. Yep. yep. And I started it on the plane, put it down because the main character from the first book is vastly different. Okay. I was a little disappointed because the first book has this like really cool, like, 
you know, black lipstick, like against the grain, loves horror films and sort of like a nerd. And in the second book, she is deeply traumatized by an experience that happens in the first book. She's a very different character, Jennifer. She goes by Jade in the first book, Jennifer in the second book. So I was like, oh, dang. And the, the, the author, uh, the bookseller sort of told me like, she's like, listen, the Jade in the sequel is very different from the Jade in the first book. I was like, all right, all right, whatever. So I, I put it down. I picked it up again last night. I think I was like on page 20. I read like 100 pages last night. Couldn't put it, put it down. Around like 10 o'clock, I got to a really scary scene. And you were sleeping downstairs. Oh, oh my so gosh. So that yeah. is why I went downstairs and woke you up. Because let me tell you, Ben will let my ass fall asleep on the I couch. Will. And I will wake up at like 3 a.m. on With that a couch. crank neck. You're like, oh, why? Like, like, why so... you didn't wait? Why the fuck? So like, I actually woke you up because I thought I was someone was going to come and like stick an arrow <laughs> through my throat or something and like get me with it. I was terrified. I, I wow. couldn't sleep. I like, I need this wonderful, comfy person next to me. And I, I couldn't put the book down. So that that's the book I've been reading right now. So it's called Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah, it's a sequel. By Stephen Graham Jones. Yeah, it's, I think he's going to be writing a trilogy. I think it's called like the Indian Lake trilogy. He's, a, I think, a Blackfoot writer. He's an indigenous author. He wrote The Only Good Indians, which right. is a great book. Yep, Love that, that book. Yep. Um, and then uh, I read a couple of his other books, uh, a novella, something about like Night of the Mannequins was good. That was a Halloween read. Yeah. So definitely, definitely recommend him. Stephen Graham Jones. What, um, what are you, what are you doing? So you I'm reading? still reading in love. Uh, I said that last week, which is the story about the woman whose husband has decided to kill himself because he has a terminal illness. Like, uh, but at uh dignitas in Switzerland. So yes. they do it very like with bearing in mind your humanity. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm, Describe with that right. Di- dignity. With dignity. Dying D- with dignity. Dignitas. Dignitas. Oh my gosh. Dignity, what are, yeah. Why am I overthinking? But anyway, I, I have picked up a new book. Um, I'm showing it in the cameras here. This book is called We See Each Other. What's funny is I know the author. The author, their name is Travel Anderson. Uh, we've hung out several times here in LA. And um, Travel is a trans activist and this is their first book to my knowledge. Um, and so we see each other is a black trans journey through TV and film. So like I said, I haven't started yet. I did read the forward. The forward is by Angelica Ross from pose and just from, I think I want to say Angelica Ross is in this season of American horror story. Um, but yeah, it's essentially a groundbreaking look at the history of transgender representation in TV and film by an of the moment and in demand culture reporter. So Travell um, in this book talks about, this is a great read for pride, great read for anytime. But um, in the book, Travell covers films and television shows like uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, Psycho, Holiday Heart, Boys Don't Cry, America's Next Top Model, Survivor, Tangerine Pose, uh, and RuPaul's Drag Race. So really good stuff here. Um, and I don't know. I just can – I, can I read a little bit of the – Yeah, go the, for it. Just, this is just even the forward. It, it already captivated me in such a way. I'm just going to read the first page of this forward. Um, it says, from Angelica Ross, um, yes – no (laughs) look at me yes no okay I swear I swear I have this there was there was one line in here that I saw oh you know what this is not from the forward this is from the introduction so sorry this Travell Anderson great uh it's in the introduction it says I don't remember exactly when I was taught to hate myself 
Maybe it was overhearing family members talk disparagingly about women who look like men and guys who just want to be a woman. Their gender ignorance and latent homophobia and transphobia becoming mine. Uh, Maybe it was in middle school for crisscross day when some of the other boys and I wore dresses and wigs instead of wearing our clothes backwards like everyone else. We thought we were so clever, and we were. I also wore a two-inch heel that I borrowed from my mom's closet, a fact she'll first learn about while reading this book. My classmates were shocked, and I entertained and seemed to have whatever confirmation they were waiting for that day that I was gay, though I never responded to their prodding. So it's just like a really great um, reflection, self-analysis, and then TV and film. But I know I was just captivated when I read, like, I don't remember the exactly when I was taught to hate myself. These, these are my favorite kind of academic books. I started, I read about 10 pages of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's this perfect, um, like personal memoir mixed with yep. like analysis. Yeah. With like the receipts. Film. Yes. And, the film uh, and so I, I, this is like the ultimate uh, academia book. You definitely read it. Uh, check it out. I'm going to read it with you. It'll be probably one of the books that we read together. So Yes, and it makes you just more mindful about your, you know, going back to the top of the show, like your language, be it on the internet or in person or whatever, like something that you're saying or doing potentially, especially if you're like raising a child or somebody else, is like you could be like, you know, planting the seed of hate. Of the first time a person is taught to hate themselves. Or, or you can be planting the seed, seed of, of love, love. Exactly. right? And you get to decide what you want to do with that. So, yeah. So, um, I would love to sign off by saying, like, with your speech and your words and your actions, like, plant seeds of love because um, you should. That's yeah. what we should do. We should be good people. And if you don't like somebody on the internet, just block them. And, and we should, them. We should uh, read books. Everybody should, should put their phones down. Read more books. Read a book. If if I could just one more time um, recommend you read something. This I, I could just tell by the first page. I was like, oh, this is going to really get me. So I'm finishing In Love this week, and I'm picking up, and I'm starting. We See Each Other by Travel Anderson. I hope you do as well. Um, and with that being said, I had some more stuff here because I was I was looking at the book, and it was talking about Tu Wong Fu. And I was like, why have I still not seen Tu Wong yeah, Fu? Y'all don't it. want me. Um, but it is on Max. I want to say, you or know, it's not Amazon. HBO Max, it's Max now. Um, I, I got to watch Too Long Food this week because I know, like, I'm, I'm way, way behind the curb. Anyway, this has been another episode of Fly on Fly. Oh, it'll be a fly. I'm playing this whole motherfucking song okay, on these yeah. outro credits. Absolutely. We've been fighting Allowed. about this. No, you can do it. You're going to let me do it. I'm not going to. It's no not pushback. too long. No, not too long. Not No pushback. All right. We're going to play out the credits and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Bye. You know they're from TikTok, cause those laughs keep you coming, cause they're wildin' all the time. Before Wild throws a tantrum, listen to our silly anthem, cause they're wildin' all the time. Don't swap why Amber squats, and does a dance to please her plants, and Ben reads books while serving looks, Wild is wildin' all the time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.